solo mente. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen, with this Friday installment of Locked On Texans, the daily podcast covering your favorite football team in the Houston Texans every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And as always, I'm your host, Texans reporter for ESPN Houston 97.5 and USA Today Texans Wire. Cody Davis, please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Today is Friday, ladies and gentlemen, which means we have our brother from Sports Radio 610, Mr. Brandon K. Scott. And Brandon, I'm, I know Locked On Network Protocol wants us to give, give a layout of what we're going to talk about, but we have so much to talk about today from Deshaun Watson to the draft that's coming up less than a week to is Jadavion Clowney a top 10 pick of all time? Yes, ladies and gentlemen, if you listened to yesterday's show, I'm bringing this topic back up because I am a little bit disappointed that some people on Twitter actually agree with John that Clowney was not a top 10 pick in franchise history. So once again, Brandon from Sports Radio 610, how are you doing today? And thank you so much for stopping by once again here on Locked On Texans. Man, it's always a good time. I always enjoy being on the show and I'm doing well. You know, things are picking up for me. You know, we got a lot going on in Sports Radio 610, hmm. focusing on the draft. Of course, the Deshaun Watson thing is ongoing. And so we're dealing with that on a daily basis. Like I said, we got the draft coming up. And then on the on, you know the backdrop of that we we got Astros and the Rockets still you know in the midst of of the season the losing and streaks with the losing streaks <laughs> neither team doing well you know the Rockets thing has been documented throughout the season we know where we are with that and the Astros were a bit of a surprise disappointment but it's never a dull day and I'm I'm staying busy so uh, I'm glad to be here man. Yeah, and I'm glad to have you here. And first and foremost, on yesterday, there was a court hearing and both Rusty Harding and Tony Busby was in attendance. And, you know, Brandon, I know you was down there on the ground covering it from Sports Radio 16. And it was kind of hard for me to kind of cover it on the opposite end because the court that they was in, they, they did not allow anyone to record it. Um, they, they didn't even re-air it or anything like that. But from what I took away from the research that I did was two things. One, both sides are now accusing the other for deleting social media and text messages. And two, Harding is still waiting for Tony Busby to give up some information. And I got to add, it's some personal information for, I believe it was four or five of the masseuses who are, of course, suing Deshaun Watson for sexual misconduct. Yeah, so you hit on it for the most part there on what the highlights were, like the two big takeaways. Maybe the main one is that Rusty Harden, Deshaun Watson's attorneys are still saying that they don't have all of the information that they need to identify all 22 of the plaintiffs, all 22 of the women who were suing Deshaun Watson. What Rusty Harden actually said in court specifically was that it was four women that they don't feel confident they've been able to positively identify because those women have name, have sort of common names, names that could be, that, that are basically duplicated in whatever the records are. And so to differentiate those women with the common names, they need their 
social security information and driver's license information is what Rusty Harden's people have requested. And Tony Busby, Tony Busby and his people, of course, have said, no, we're not giving you that. And so then we got into the legalese a little bit of what does the law require? What are you expected to do when these things are happening? And it got a little bit interesting at that point because I sensed a little bit of game. Now, I'm not a lawyer, of course, but I sensed a little bit of gamesmanship on the part of Tony Busby by like it's almost like a smart aleck way of and maybe you could even maybe accuse it of being a little bit of dirty pool but the order that required the plaintiffs to refile their lawsuits with their names on it did not technically specify hey you need their names and but you also got to put in their social security information and their addresses and their driver's licenses and all of that. Like the order in the, in the court document does not say that. And so Tony Busby did not do that. And when Rusty Harden asked him to do that, of course he said, no. Now I was able to take a look at the filing. This was actually after I got out of the court here, because for whatever reason, Rusty Harden's motion was not available publicly before this hearing, which was to address something different. It was just a, a basic status conference of, hey, where are we going from here? Like it wasn't a hearing strictly to address Rusty Harden's claim that, hey, I don't have these social security numbers and addresses and, and driver's license numbers. But when I was able to go back and look at it and, and, and see what he was saying, he's saying that the law does require the other side to say, Hey, this is, you know, the, the, this is the identifying information. He doesn't have to put it on the document that we can all access through the County website. Like he doesn't have to put it out there for everybody to see, Hey, this is this woman's driver's license number, but behind the scenes, they are supposed to be able to figure that out and communicate that between both sides and have not been able to do so. So that just goes to speak to, to the drama behind the scenes between the lawyers, the, the attorneys who actually get along and know each other personally, but are dealing in a very, very public case and are obviously very motivated to not lose to the other or to, to just generally not lose this case. So those were the big takeaways, though. The things that you mentioned about you know, Rusty Harden wanting these, this identifying information. And then on the other end, both sides accusing the other's clients of in some form or fashion scrubbing their social media accounts, which both sides would agree, you know, talking about the other, that that would be like, you know, manipulating or destroying evidence, which is illegal. So um, a little bit of drama, the stat, the the hearing itself was not supposed to be that interesting. Like I've covered cases in the past and a, a status conference is the most nondescript, least interesting type of court hearing that you could anticipate. It was one of the reasons why I wasn't even sure I would go on Thursday because I'm familiar with what status hearings are and what they look like. But this is Deshaun Watson. This is Rusty Harden. This is Tony Busby. This is drama. This is celebrity. This is ego. And then, of course, underlying it, you have some important issues at hand. So um, so a very busy day, man. And after the events that took place on yesterday, where do you believe we stand right now between everything that's going on with Deshaun Watson? 
Yeah, so legally we stand at the very, very beginning. Like we are still at the at the very early stages of whatever this is gonna be. You know, and let the I mean, the only way I'm wrong about that is if within the next week or so, you know, you put a put a soon you know timestamp on it and and these cases are settled, which I don't anticipate that happening necessarily, but that would be, I mean, that's the only way this thing ends soon is if abruptly Sean Watson and his people decide, Hey, you know what, we're going to settle this. And we don't, we don't want to go, we don't want to deal with any of the rest of this. We don't want to be the subject of this lawsuit and or media story. We don't want to deal with it anymore. Absent of that, we are at the very, very, very beginning of the legal process. You know, there was discussion in court today about, I mean, the whole reason they were in court today was to reach an agreement on what the discovery process would look like, how they would exchange evidence and file motions and do all of the lawyery type of stuff that they got to do to go back and forth. And you only even do, they were given two weeks to do the giving until May 7th to get that done. And the only, only reason to do that is if you're dug in with your case and you're ready to go forward. So, so, I mean, there, there is that, you know, and, and there was also mentioned by, even by Rusty Harden himself about depositions, which is essentially, you know, testimony in a civil case in a civil setting. So like, what is that going to look like? Who's going to talk? <laughs> what are they going to say? You know, what are they going to talk about? You know, uh, to me, I've always thought that it's, uh, it's very tenuous for Deshaun Watson for, to, for, details beyond what we've already what's already been thrown out there to get thrown out there like I don't see how that's good for Deshaun in any kind of way but you know the man's got a right to want to you know clear his name and all of that and I get that too so so from from that standpoint we're early on in the process not to mention that whatever's going on on the criminal side which we've heard little to nothing about only that cases have been open and that HPD Houston police department is investigating this on some level, or at least a couple of the cases, that's a, a complete wild card and, and worries me more than anything in terms of like, where does this thing go? Because we only know about them investigating a couple of them, but let's be real about it, man. There are 22 possibilities. There are 22 possibilities. We don't know what the evidence is like. We just know what both sides have said. But we don't know what the actual evidence is or, or isn't. And so we don't know, like, what would constitute a criminal investigation, if any or how many, if so, of the 22 of these might prompt a criminal investigation, which to me is also got to be the big worry of a potential trade partner. You know, not just, hey, the block is hot and we can't trade for Deshaun Watson because these guys stink on his name, but we also don't really know what's going on with these 22 cases that for right now are civil, but we know they're looking into at least two and without absence of facts and knowing the details of what actually happened, we don't know if any of these 22 could all of a sudden become a criminal investigation. It's just a, it's just a hairball right there in, in what you're trying to deal with. So, so from the, from the, Legal side, we're to me, honestly, in the very beginning, which to take it to the football side, which I know most of the people who listen to this podcast are, are really here for, that is what complicates it all on the football side because 
the way it's looking now, and I could be very wrong. And and for the Texans' sake, and for for fans' sake, I hope I am wrong about this. But there there just does not really seem to be a scenario where Deshaun Watson gets traded before the draft. It just doesn't doesn't seem that way. It would be shocking if that happened. And and the more this kind of goes on, and and the more dug in you can tell both sides are in on the case the least likely or the less likely I should say, it seems that there's going to be like any kind of football resolution to this, you know, they're going to be dealing with this legal case and football is going to have to wait. Guys, I would really encourage you to take a look at what 1010 has a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced limited edition design at fair price points. A friend of mine got engaged over the weekend and I definitely told him beforehand, hey, before you do it, before you make this life-changing decision where she eats off your plate before you can, go to bluenow.com. They only use diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana. 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagements. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day, only at bluenow.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. The Locked On Podcast Network is covering the NFL draft from all angles. Catch up on the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 podcast presented by the Odyssey app. Follow Locked On NFL Draft and the Draft Dudes podcast for the latest news. And stay tuned for more info about our live day one coverage. And we are back with this Friday installment of Locked On Texans, which means we have our brother, Mr. Brandon K. Scott from Sports Radio 610 here in the studio with us today. Brandon, man, this time next week, the Houston Texans will be preparing for their first selection in this year's NFL draft. As we all know, the Texans first selection will come with the 67th overall pick in the third round. And depending on whatever prospect that is still there on the board, that is a possibility that the Texans can take a quarterback with their first selection. Brandon, do you or do you not think it's a good idea for the Texans to draft a quarterback, especially a guy I heard you say on sports radio 610 last week, Kellen Mond, you are not too big on. Yeah, man, I'm just not really big on any of the the quarterbacks that we anticipate will be available around that time. Not even Kyle Trask? Not even Kyle Trask. And what's funny is, so Kellen Mond, I've been pretty consistent on, on just, you know what, respect for what he did at A&M. He's a warrior. He's, you know, he started, I want to say pretty much his entire time there. He's there for four years. We talked about this the last time I was on the podcast, how he felt like a lifer, like he'd been in college for 10 years, it felt like. And, and I respect what he did at a and I just, I, you know, I just did not see it necessarily translating. I'm willing to be wrong about that. Now, with Kyle Trask, I turned on him after that bowl game, man. That boy threw about, like, he, he was out there, Nathan Peterman out there throwing – I don't know how many intercept three, four interceptions or something like that in the first half, a few of them in the first quarter. Like it was just awful. And that kind of, that kind of scared me off of Kyle Trask a little bit, probably unfair to Kyle Trask who had a better body of work at Florida than just simply that last bowl game. But that, I mean, it's just the lasting image that I have, you know, but I mean, I'm rooting for him personally as somebody who went to Manville and is from the crib, you know, I, I root for all of the, 
the local prospects and and I'm not an Aggie fan by any means, but even Kellamon to that end, I'm rooting for him, you know, as a as a brother who played quarterback for the Aggies, you know, like I'm I'm you know, for a Texas school. So kind of the same way I did with Robert Griffin at Baylor, even though I'm not a Baylor fan. Like I just kind of I'm I'm rocking with it. But as far as the Texans go, I just don't see that being the answer. You know, uh, I know you were listening to us on Sports Radio 610 last week when we kind of threw this around. And I I actually put it out there that, you know, the best case scenario for Kellen Mond, especially if you're thinking about the Texans taking them in the third round, is that, you know, is he Dak? Could he be Dak? Could he be Dak Prescott? You know, and that's not a that's not a perfect comp player to player. But for level of, of college player that we're talking about and for what his value is expected to be in the draft, that to me is what you're kind of wanting Kellen Mond to be. Maybe a dominant or rough, so to speak, a guy who is not coveted like the guys at the top of the draft, but could be a steal there. It's possible. I just did not see it. If they see, if Nick Casario sees it, and if the staff sees it, like I, I'm willing to be sold on it and to give it a shot. But let's not forget how many needs, like how desperate this team is going to be for talent. We talk about all the moves that Nick Casario has been making over the offseason. But most of, most of these guys are not going to be here past next year and certainly not past the year after that. And so this this roster, as it's being remade in this offseason, is going to have to be totally remade again next year. So, like, if you don't think you're getting my whole thing with the 67th pick, what I want them to do, considering that they don't have a first, they don't have a second. I just want a starter. You know, I want them to draft. I don't care if they give us the narrative, the public narrative of we're creating competition we don't want to put the burden on players and call them cornerstone players or anything like that. We just want to create competition and let that take care of itself. I'm fine with that being the public message, but I want them to draft a guy that they know within the building. Hey, this guy is not competing for a spot. This is a guy, this is our starting, whatever it is. And for me, the positions of need are cornerback and someone on the, along the defensive line, whether it's an edge rusher or even somebody on the interior. I just need a starter. You know, I don't want to, I don't want somebody that's coming in to compete for a position. Um, you know, you look at last year's draft and I don't like, do we know beyond let's see from the draft last year, do we know, we don't know if they drafted a starter last year. Like I know Ross Blacklock eventually got some, got some they burn. wouldn't play him. Cause, cause you right. remember towards the end of the season, how many times we asked Romeo Cannell, are we going to see Ross Blacklock? Are we going to see Jonathan Grenard? Are we going to see John Reed? Like we kept asking these questions, I guess to him, he sort of probably took it as in, you know, going back to the Deshaun Watson, you know, just sit Deshaun, sit all your, you know, good guys because you don't want them to get hurt because they wasn't playing for nothing. But to us, we wanted to see the young guys to see what do you have in these young guys? Because now I kind of feel like they are in a situation where Casario is going to come in and draft his guys, which in a way that's going to push guys like Jonathan Grenard and Ross Blacklight out of position in a little bit because there's no way you can really critique them. Yeah, so what was weird 
you know, the entire season they did this thing with, oh, it's going to be a veteran year. Rookies don't know anything, you know, going back to the Bill O'Brien days. But they were eventually forced to play those rookies either through because of injury or because of, like, the weird COVID stuff. Like, contact, you know, remember Jonathan Grenard got burned one week because damn near all of the outside linebackers either had COVID or were on the COVID list because they because of close contact. And he was, like, one of the only ones who wasn't. It's not like they ever even wanted to play him to begin with, is what I'm saying, you know. And but when it comes to Grenard, I'm sorry, not Grenard. When it comes to Blacklock, I gotta say, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, a you know, a former. We got former defensive linemen that work up here and former players that can really break this down. But I'm, you know, I can watch a play and tell you when a guy gets beat or pushed onto his backside to his tail. I don't need to have any NFL experience to do that. And let me tell you, man, the times when I zeroed in on Ross Blacklock, they were not good reps. They were not good reps, you know, like like just the the the, the long and short of it. You know, they, they were not good reps. He did not look good out there. Now, everybody will tell you who evaluates these type of things that he's got the the body and the he's got all the physical tools and traits to do it. So something is there. I'm not trying to say the guy is a bust. I'm just, all I'm saying is based off of the receipts that we have, their draft class from last year does not have a clear starter from it. It doesn't, it does not have that at all. And Nick Casario has a job to do. He has a lot to atone for here. And I, I'm interested to see how he does it, man. It, it is, it is not an enviable position, but, at the same time, Nick Casario seems to be the type of dude that lives for this sort of thing, that thrives in this type of environment. So I'm I'm hoping for the Texans' sake and for fans' sake that that's the case. They could, they could use something. I mean, we could use something around here to to cheer for in a draft. I know the tendency after a draft is to kind of sell yourself on the players no matter what anyway because, you know, there's a lot of time between then and the season and, and what else you got to do other than – hope and, and and wish but i mean you're really you're really at that point because like i mentioned the, the the desperation and the need for talent because you don't you don't have it you don't have any kind of sustainable pipeline or you know identifiable cornerstone players that you especially not ones that you've drafted you know um and and especially if deshaun watson ends up getting traded you know that's one less good player that you drafted that you got, you know? Let me tell you about the improved Built Bar with 18 amazing flavors, six new flavors like cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, along with the 12 original flavors highlighted by double chocolate and peanut butter brownie. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. I take it with me to work every day. Go to BillBar.com right now. Use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Free cooler with purchase while supplies last. Again, that is LOCKED15 for 15% off at BillBar.com. Today through the 26th, listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey featuring analysts from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason LaConfora, and Brian Baldinger, our local experts for every team making trades, picking the next stars of their team. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your home 
for all of the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That is A-U-D-A-C-Y. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen, closing out this Friday installment of Locked On Texans. As always, I have with me today, Mr. Brandon K. Scott from Sports Radio 610. Brandon, John and I have started a new series um, looking back on some of the best draft selections in Texans history. So we started off this list talking about David Carr. Then we ended up talking about Owen Daniels, who came in at number nine, followed by D'Amico Ryans. But at number seven, John and I had a very interesting discussion. And we took this discussion on Twitter. And I got to tell you, Brandon, I was very shocked to see a split decision that a lot of people do not feel that Jadavion Clowney is a top 10 draft selection in Texans history. How do you feel about this? Just really quick before we close out the show, because I am determined to prove my point that not only is Jadavion Clowney worth a top 10 selection in franchise history, but in my eyes, he should have been top five, number five. Yeah, man, I saw this on Twitter. And like I was telling you before, I really wish I had given it a little bit more thought, but just from knowing the team the way I know it and from following it the way I have, being from here and all of that, I, I cannot... I cannot think of, I think it would be a stretch and a reach to try to think of nine better draft picks than Jadavian Clowney. Now, maybe, maybe if you want to get cute and go with the expansion draft, you know, uh, how, you know, how, how the team first started with the expansion draft, that could mix some stuff up in there because then you're talking, you got Tony Baselli, you got Aaron Glenn, Gary Walker, and those are names that could very well push Clowney out of the discussion. So if you wanted to get, to get cute, I, I, I think so. Like Aaron Glenn, Tony Baselli, the disrespect, Gary, Gary, Gary Walker, at least it makes it a lot more of a crowded field. Mm -hmm. If you, if you factor in the expansion draft, cause those were all, legitimate NFL players. Now, if we're just talking about the draft, like the actual NFL draft, like you're going to, you're going to have a hard time convincing me that there are nine guys better than today that were better picks. Now, now it also depends on how you interpret the question, because I would agree. And I feel like we, mo the thing that most of us could agree on is that Jadevian Clowney has not come close to living up to a number one overall pick. Yes, we do and agree on that. Now, and so if we operate on that premise, then I see how we could then make the next logical step in saying that, hey, that wasn't a great draft pick because that shouldn't have, he shouldn't have been the number one overall guy. So, so it, it depends on, on how you view the question, how you interpret the question and where you go with it. But I think the way you answer it also just depends on what your feeling and reaction is to Jadavian Clowney. Like if you're, if you're more so mad at him or upset with him for not living up to what we thought his potential could be, or for not living up to being the number one overall pick, if you hold it against him personally, or just, you know, just as a fan, whatever the case may be, then you probably view him as a bust and you probably would bump him down on your list. But I mean, if you just kind of take it in its totality, you know, like you're thinking the best 
the best players that were drafted by the Texans, you know, you're thinking Deshaun Watson, J.J. Watt. You're probably going to think DeAndre Hopkins should be somewhere in that in that mix. You're going to think Andre Johnson, you know, Dwayne Brown. You know, so those are those are five guys right there who I think easily would be ahead of Jadavion Clowney. And then and then you kind of just go into, you know, like Mario Williams, probably better, six. I just, I, you know, I'm looking and thinking, you know, I, I, outside of the, the clear top five, he's got to be in the mix to be one of the next five. And I would struggle to say that you could, that you could think of a total of nine players and especially as Texans, like, like, are you going to give Jacoby Jones credit for going to Baltimore and have, and winning a Super Bowl? You know, like, no, like we're talking about as Texans, right? We're not, we're not talking about the guys who the Texans drafted. And then, so that's another thing that you had to figure out. Like, do we, do we count what they did after they left the Texans too? You know, so, because I mean, because then, you know, you think about Brandon Brooks, there are some names out there that are interesting. Now he, he's, he wouldn't be uh, ahead of Clowney. But these are the names that of, of guys that have been drafted by a team that you think, okay, where do they fall into the best, some of the better draft picks, you know? And yeah, I mean, you know, where does Connor Barwin and Glover Quinn fall into the mix of that? Like those are guys that had solid careers. Would you say that they could like Glover Quinn as a fourth round pick lived up to his potential more so than Jadevian Clowney did as the number one overall. I think there's a, there's a discussion to be had there, you know, uh, so it, it's interesting, but I feel like more than anything, it is the personal feeling and reaction to Jadevian Clowney and what he did with his potential and God given gifts. to whether you think that he is a, one of the Texans top 10 drafters, I mean, we're talking about talent, talking about raw ability, Talking about dudes when you watch the film, again, if you're not a heavy film guy and you watch the film, you're like, whoa, who is that? Who, who, who is that? Who is that guy? He's one of those guys, you know? Um, and, and, you know, he's probably been living off that reputation for a while. It's probably what got him the $10 million in, in, in Cleveland because Lord knows he hasn't been productive the last couple of years, you know, since he left Houston. Mr. Brandon K. Scott from Sports Radio 610. Brandon, really quick, where can our listeners follow you at on Twitter? And please be sure to shout out your own personal podcast so our listeners can start listening to you as well, my brother. Yeah, man, I appreciate that. So I am at Brandon K. Scott on Twitter. That's where you can find pretty much anything about Houston sports. I'm covering all of it there uh, on my own account. And then of course, anything you see at sports radio 610 is either something that I've done or authorized or in, in some way or am responsible for. So that's mostly me behind the scenes doing that, but check out my podcast, the B block podcast. We do it weekly. And there we also cover all of the Houston sports. And sometimes I can go, I might go into a tangent that don't have anything to do with Houston sports, but if you ride with me, you'll ride with it and you'll stick around. And if you enjoy this podcast, you will enjoy that podcast. So that is the B block podcast 
on Apple, on Spotify. You can get it on Buzzsprout, pretty much anywhere where you get your podcast. And of course, if you follow me on Twitter, you'll be able to get the episodes and find out when everything drops as well. So make sure you're doing that. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. And ladies and gentlemen, if you are listening to this podcast, please be sure to subscribe to Locked On Texans on all your favorite podcast streaming services. And please be sure to check out and subscribe to the B-Block podcast on all your favorite podcast streaming services. And please be sure to leave a five-star review on both of them. Until next week, ladies and gentlemen, we have a full week as i mentioned we are less than a week away from the start of the 2021 nfl draft until next time ladies and gentlemen peace you are locked on texans your daily podcast on the houston texans Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.